0: How are you doing with your self-care when most of your time is spent supporting other people?
1: Um, It's changed. Uh, I think I had an empathy hangover. (laughs) I was exhausted. Nothing was wrong. I was fine. I didn't have anything to complain about or anything like that, but I just felt really heavy.
0: From beautiful sunny San Diego, California. This is the Hatching Results Podcast, where we share school counselor experiences using data to improve programs, practices, and the profession of school counseling for the students we serve. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My name is Trish Hatch, and it's time to talk about all things school counseling. Now, let's get started. Felipe, I am so excited about our podcast today, aren't you? I know. It's great to have a follow-up with Rachel. It's been a month since we talked to her, and boy, life has really changed for our school counselors out there, hasn't it? They have just been doing tremendous work supporting our, our students, our teachers, families. Across the nation, we see such wonderful examples of counselors going above and beyond to support our students during this time. And today, I'm super excited because we're going to have a chance to talk to Rachel again, and it has been almost exactly a month since we spoke to her last, and things turned out exactly as she predicted, but before I give anything away, I just want to tell our audience I'm not going to take up any more time. We are going to get right into it, because I know you're anxious to hear how's Rachel doing, and so we can see what might be in our future. So without any further ado, let's get started.
1: Hello? Hello, Rachel. Sorry, I had some issues like opening with VPN and not and whatever. So thanks for that. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, you're fine. Uh, It it is so wonderful to hear your voice and to check in with you again. Felipe and I are very excited that you're coming back to talk with our listeners again and to share with us an update of what's happening in China.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to share because it's new for everyone.
0: Yes, it is. So first and foremost, thank you for taking time again. The last time we spoke was almost a month ago. I believe it was March 26th. And boy, were we in a different place then.
1: Yeah, it's, everything's changed.
0: <laughs> Everything has. And I just want to say to you, how does it, first and foremost, how does it feel to be a celebrity?
1: Um, <laughs> a little weird. A couple of people would like message my mom and, and say that they really appreciated listening to it. So um, I'm definitely not someone who needs to be the center of attention. So it's a little weird, but as long as I'm helping, that's what matters.
0: Well, that's your core, you're an advocate for kids. And if this helps kids, I know that's the reason behind why you're choosing to do it. So, Um, But for our listeners who may not have uh, heard the first part of this, this will be part two. Uh, I would encourage him to go back and listen to your uh, part one podcast that we did a month ago. Um, but for those of you who may have forgotten, um, Rachel is a school counselor in Hangzhou, which is close to Shanghai, correct? Yes. Yes. Can you tell us just a small little bit about your school, its name, and where you're setting is just to remind our listeners again?
1: Sure. Um, so we're Hangzhou International School. We are about an hour from Shanghai and pretty small school overall from K to or early years, I guess, uh, pre-K through grade 12, we have about 700 students. So that's us.
0: So last uh, time we talked was about a month ago, and boy, I just want to say everything you said has happened. So it's kind of like we're seeing into the future or experiencing our future just listening to you. I don't think there was one thing you said that hasn't actually happened here, and we haven't said, wow, Rachel told us that, which is a very strange space to be in, Mm -hmm. um, because we always wonder what the future's like, and I think you have a little piece of that. So. First, before I give you our questions, I wonder if there's anything you'd like to share with us from your personal experience about how you're doing and you personally are doing and how life has changed you personally since we last spoke.
1: So, personally, I am, especially with students being back, I'm doing much better than I was before because that's kind of what gives us energy as educators. We really like being around our students. So, it's really nice. And I guess. It's just still hard keeping up with what's going on around the world and what's going on in San Diego and hoping that everyone does what they need to do so that this can be a thing of the past. But we've got a few more months before we can even get to that point.
0: So when last we spoke, you were just beginning to go back, correct? Yeah, we were were talking about it. We
1: hadn't made the Mm -hmm. decision yet, but we knew it was coming.
0: Right. Exactly. So what happened? How did you roll it out? What were the schedules like then and now? Give us a little update about what happened and how it went.
1: So we had to wait for the Bureau of Education here to give us the okay. So we had to put a lot of things in place on campus before we could even have students. So we had to put in, we had to figure out different checkpoints to get students onto campus and make sure that they were healthy without a temperature. So figuring out how that was going to look while maintaining social distancing and, and things like that was the first challenge. And luckily, I didn't have to do most of that. That was my administrators. But that took a lot of work. Um, what it would look like in the Rachel, lunch-
0: did you have to create? Sorry, I, I just want to clarify with you. Did you just say you had to create those yourself? They didn't give them to you. because each school then required to create their own there wasn't any directive or we were given guidelines and then we had to figure out how to make it work
1: within our school within our campus with the things that we had or the needs of our students
0: so what kind of guidelines did you have regarding I guess the first and foremost question would be safety right
1: yeah um we have to take and record students temperatures twice a day So that was one thing that we had to make sure to fit in. So that actually required a whole change in our scheduling. So we Mm -hmm. had to put an advisory in the morning so students could come in and get checked and so that the advisor could record them. We have to do it right before lunch as well. And so Mm -hmm. we had to build that in. Another guideline is how are you going to maintain a meter apart in your classroom? And so teachers had to then use that to just completely rehaul their classrooms and figure out how to make that work. The masks were another thing that teachers had to wear masks. And then I think it came through that students as well had to wear masks. It changed. And then I think there were some other ones for things like the lunchroom, but I didn't hear about that beforehand. I just saw the after effect of what it looks like now. Mm-hmm.
0: So we've been, it's pounded into us six feet apart, six feet apart. And yet you're doing a meter apart, which is clearly not six feet. Um, <laughs> So is that a, is that, um, guidelines within your community as well, or just at school?
1: Um, technically it's everywhere.
0: Yeah. Even
1: standing in line at a Starbucks, technically it's everywhere. Um, the reality though, is that it's not really happening.
0: Mm-hmm. What is more typical? Cause it's about, I mean, one meter is like, half of six feet. So it's three feet apart approximately. Mm -hmm. So you're saying people aren't really doing that either though.
1: Um, yeah, where I might stand right next to someone talking to them when we're around other people or when we're really visible to the community, we'll try to take one step back. Um, -hmm. but you look around and even, you know, local Chinese people are not following that. Uh, we do all have masks on though regularly. So that helps from spreading anything. Um, and I think generally we feel safe here now, so that you just don't see that hazard if you are close to each other.
0: Are masks required in public uh, areas? Yes, they're still
1: required in most public areas, and they're required at school.
0: So now it's not just the teachers that wear masks; so the students need to wear the masks also at school technically yes
1: <laughs> they don't that's, always yes I
0: understand <laughs> right but that's that, that's the recommendation yes the guideline yeah gotcha. so one of the things I saw recently in our state was you know all types of different um ideas that people are coming up with of how they're going to manage this because clearly if you have to separate students in classrooms and you had full classrooms before you're going to have smaller class sizes how do you do that Some people are talking about the hybrid approach to schedules, where some kids come maybe two days a week and do two days at home, and then other kids come other days. Some people are talking about, you know, half your class, you know, half a week, half a class another week. There's all kinds of ideas out there that people are brainstorming. How did you manage the students in a classroom issue with the one meter apart and the schedules?
1: Um, Luckily, our classes are smaller than the typical U.S. class size, so I would say our Mm -hmm. maximum is 20, but our classrooms are fairly small. So it was some classrooms, it was easier than others. Um, but basically, as an Ivy school, we do a lot of group work and collaboration in our classrooms. And we it's harder to do that now because you have to remove all of the tables where students are looking at each other face to face. Basically, teachers had to get very creative. And we also have students who are still not able to come to school because they're stuck out of the country. So our classes are even smaller than they were. So for us, it's not as difficult. And, you know, when you mentioned students coming for certain classes in one week, another for the U S it, it kind of makes sense. Um, because I I can't really wrap my head around what that would look like there with so many students. Mm -hmm. Lucky.
0: When you think about all of your students, what percentage came back right away and now over time, what percentage do you have there compared to what you had before?
1: I would say about over half stayed through mm-hmm. the Chinese New Year, so then they were fine and they were here. Um, but then some decided to leave and go to their home countries if they thought it was safer because at, at the time it was. Um, And at this point in time, we have over 30 students who are stuck outside of the country for upper school, at least. I I can't speak for lower school. And that's out of 220 students. So a pretty significant amount
0: of students are gone. Yeah. So that lowers the class size as well. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about student restroom use and lunchtime.
1: (laughs) Um, Students are not supposed to use the restroom during passing periods, because then it'll be too crowded. So teachers have to allow them to go during class so that there's less students in the bathroom. That's um, shift. Yeah, yeah. So students are, obviously there are signs for them to wash their hands. Hopefully they were doing that before. Um, but then they are also a new hand sanitizer all around the school and within the classroom. So it's kind of like you go wash your hands and then you also sanitize just in case. So that's it's pretty straightforward. You just have to allow them to go during class time. At lunch time, it looks pretty weird. Uh, That was one of our biggest hurdles to overcome is how to get students in and out. Because every single student eats in the canteen and they eat the school food, which Mm -hmm. isn't quite like how it is in the U.S. So we had to put a couple different lines. One where we have a hand washing station and it takes... You know, if you're doing a good job washing your hands, that's 30 seconds for each student. That's a very long time to get get your food. We used to have a salad bar. Now we don't because that's too many people around food. So everything, if I want a banana, it's wrapped in plastic wrap and handed to me. In the lunchroom, our tables have these dividers, these clear dividers, where only six students can now sit at a long table. And there's basically these plastic dividers between them and their friends. And I sat in it once and it was very weird because you're talking to someone, but there's something just right between you. Uh, it, it seems to be working at this point in time
0: though. It just feels... So, let me make sure I understand. Like, the kids are sitting at a table, but like, how high up do these plastic dividers go? Um, uh, Maybe two feet. Enough to... And so they can see conquer. each other, but they're in like their own little... We used to call those isolation desks where you could work and not be, you know, distracted. It's 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 like a distractibility thing, but it's clear. Yeah. (laughs) Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. What about recess?
1: Um, We can't, so upper school students used to spend some time playing um, soccer and Other sports and they can't do anything that's organized right now, so they can kick something around, but they have to stay far apart. For recess, for primary, I I haven't experienced it myself. I've seen a little bit. They are doing a pretty good job of staying far apart, uh, but they're still using the like different equipments, the gym stuff. But that gets sanitized every afternoon. So while they're using it, there's obviously an issue with germs, but. I mean, you have to let kids run around and play. They, they need that so bad. Sure. It's, um, it's difficult, but it seems to be enough for right now. I don't know if it'll continue okay. to be enough as students get more and more used to being back, back in school.
0: And I've had someone who asked me to ask you, what about ventilation and, and uh, air conditioning furnaces? Oh, at this point in time, we're not allowed
1: to use air conditioning, or heating while students are in the classroom. Um, so we also have to ventilate our classroom and open up the windows three times a day for at least 30 minutes. I just end up keeping my window open for some fresh air. Right now, it's okay because it's not too hot sure. here. But very quickly, in about a week or two, we're going to hit 90 degrees or so daily. Yeah. The 80s. And it, it gets very stuffy at the end of the day. So I don't know how long we're going to have to keep doing that. Hopefully that changes just for everyone's, it, it it's very difficult to be learning in an environment where it's hot and stuffy and you're wearing a mask on top of that. It's a lot. I don't know if it's going to be the same in the U.S. for the AC policy. Um, but I, I sometimes I think the beliefs in the different countries about how things spread are different. So it might not be the same Mm -hmm. in the U.S.
0: Have they changed any of their policies with regarding to testing and assessment and graduation?
1: Yes, some of it was done for us by the IB um, because when it comes to grade 12, those are very standardized exams through uh, international baccalaureate. So those were canceled, basically. Uh, We will be having one round of finals for our seniors just so that we can give a final grade PSAT and SAT have been canceled, so that was done. Also, a decision made for us that we didn't have to decide. In terms of graduation, we still don't know what we are approved to do or not. At this point in time, we're hoping that we can at least have something in our gym with the students, and if we have to record it so that parents can watch at home, that's probably. Hopefully, we don't have to do that. Hopefully. Parents and family can come by that time. Um, that'll be the first week in June for our seniors. Um, so we we have a million different ideas, and we just have to wait and see what changes will happen before then. Because as you know, everything changes daily. Even for us, when things are opening up and we are back to school, the rules are still changing. But that's something I've definitely spent time talking about with grade 12s is it's changing where they're going to school um most schools aren't going to be open in the fall and they're only going to do online learning uh, but mm-hmm. for the most part i think that like that's not new news um
0: yeah and i think everyone's doing the very best they can under the circumstances and it's just overwhelming it's hard to wrap your head around and everyone's building the plane as it's falling apart in the air yeah yeah exactly exactly My-
1: my admin saves all the time.
0: <laughs> when, when staff yeah, is that's exactly
1: it is. Answers, because we all want yeah. answers, and I think sometimes they think that admin know more than they do, um, and they just have to keep reminding mm. them that we literally don't know anything else, and this is what we're doing for now. And, and
0: they're doing the best they can, too. They didn't get this training in their admin program. <laughs> no, and they're exhausted. <laughs> <resulted in, laughs>
1: my admin, particularly in upper school, are just stellar, and they... Are selfless and have done a great job.
0: Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And I think everyone, you know, it's kind of like when we talk about grief, how everyone says everyone has a different response to grief in a way. This is, you know, it's just grief about the way things used to be. Everyone reacts differently. Some people build new websites and some people, you know, go and do other things. They take—they do music online. You know, whatever you do when you're grieving is what you need to take care of yourself. and. We all respond differently to that crisis, even at home and in school. So people in your school, I imagine, are all just doing the best they can to survive every day.
1: Exactly. And I, you know, the hard part is we need our teachers and we need our counselors. But (laughs) some of them, if they were doing everything they needed to do to take care of themselves, should be taking a break and should not be working um, as much as they are or at all. Maybe, you know, it's we all need a summer right now, but we can't have one.
0: Right, and here you are now back to school, but then there's all this conversation about is there a second wave coming, and do you have a contingency plan for that in case there's another outbreak? That's a really good question. So it's a big concern
1: for all of us of what happens if a student gets sick or someone gets sick. Luckily, with all the temperature policies and things like that, most people are staying home if they're sick from anything else. And the concern for us is if someone at our school gets sick, does that mean every single person goes into a two-week quarantine? And as you know, here, Mm. it's much more intensive than it is in the U.S. We don't know. So that's one of the lingering anxieties for a lot of staff. My colleague and I did a survey with staff, just what are some of the concerns that they have moving forward as we open school. And one of the bigger ones was a student getting sick. I think we're a little less concerned about ourselves. I don't know why. But if a student gets sick, what does that mean for everyone else? And I don't think there's an answer for that right now because it hasn't happened yet. So it's, a, it's just so there's, been,
0: there's been such a push here to have all the students online, and I know you had online learning there as well. How was the transition back into in-person teaching? Were some people enjoying the distance more? Are there hybrids going on in the area? if our students are here,
1: they're in school. There's no hybrid happening for the students that are located in Hangzhou. Overall, the students are so happy to be back um, and see Mm. their friends again. Like it it was three months, almost three whole months before they could be around Mm. their friends. That's a very long time. And so we allowed them some space in classes to just, be for the first day you know advisory classes just hang out with your friends um we allowed a space for them to talk about it and then very quickly we realized they don't really even want to talk about it they just want to they were happy to be back in in school and they just wanted to start start their new normal again i guess
0: so, how has it shifted your role as a school counselor? What changes have you seen most in your roles and in your duties over the last month?
1: Um, since they've been back, we have been very prepared for behavioral concerns. Because at the beginning of the school year, as students get new, used to the new transition of a new grade or new things, um, we always see more behaviors than we do once they're used to it all. So, we were very prepared for some of our students to have some behaviors that we weren't expecting or to take over some classes and things like that. So we're available and present uh, a lot of the times, just that first couple of days. Mm-hmm. I personally wanted my students to be get used to being back in class. So I didn't pull a lot of my regular students this last week um, because I wanted them to just get back into a routine. For me as an upper school counselor, What's changed is just trying to keep up with a lot of the changes around the world in terms of college, um, trying to figure out how to get my students to meet graduation requirements if they basically did nothing for the last three months, which definitely happened for some of them. It it does feel pretty normal, though. As crazy as it sounds, it it feels very normal, and it doesn't feel like that much has changed, if you can believe that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting back saying, wow, because if, you know, we're hearing the message of there is no going back to normal, there's a new normal, and we don't know what that's going to be like, but I guess I'm imagining that the mental health issues that would present themselves because of this three months in, you know, isolation really would be present there and be keeping you very busy, but it sounds to me like what you're saying is that this is the healthiest thing is that they're there, they're in school, they're back to a schedule, and they're seeing their friends.
1: Yeah. And the students are, as as you know, they're very resilient. Um, so a lot of the stuff that they were experiencing online is done because they're back in school and they have their friends to talk to and they have that new freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple students who had maybe some underlying mental health concerns were still working together or they popped up after the fact and told me how hard things were uh, when they were in quarantine and doing the online learning. And they just didn't share with me then, but they're sharing with me now. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's, I would say, less than five students. So it still hasn't Mm -hmm. changed most of the the students and the concerns that they would normally have. And we've always talked about how students are resilient, but really that that is what I'm seeing. And I think that Mm -hmm. should be comforting as well. It's like, they, will be okay um yes there's going to be a couple more things where you you have to deal with the students who were in a really unhealthy home or things like that um but they are still very resilient
0: that is comforting and they will look back on this and remember it and each one of them will have a different memory some will have the memory of you know, it being a time where they remember themselves as strong and confident or some might say, well, I remember I got to play games a lot, you know, and somebody right. else might have said I was lonely and someone else said I was glad to be alone, you know, so they all will identify different reactions and it, we won't know for 10 or 20 years what the impact of that is on how they spend their lives. Right. It's interesting.
1: It. I, yeah. I think after, after our first talk that we are living through a historical moment that will be talked about for, you know, it just, yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy to think about that.
0: So since last time we spoke, Rachel, it's been about a month and now we're where you were. Can you give us any I don't know, insights or recommendations, lessons learned from this last few weeks that could be helpful to our school counselors and educators here, given where we are now? I think,
1: as we talked about last time, this requires a lot of flexibility from counselors, from teachers, administrators, everyone, because right now, even though we're in school, we're dealing with students who did no work and really working mm-hmm. with teachers on the flexibility of what what is the minimum they need to get done from this last three months so that they can prove that they know enough to move on to the next grade, so they can get a pass, uh, because there's no way we're going to be able to get them fully caught up it's it is impossible Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. really trying to find out how to progress students when they struggled online and i think just continuing to check in with yourselves on how you're doing because Mm -hmm. it's every new change is stressful and so just being able to know how you feel about it and accept it.
0: Well, and that brings me back to my question I want to ask you is, how are you doing with your self-care? How is, how is, uh, how is Rachel supporting her own self-care when most of your time is spent supporting other people?
1: Um, it's changed uh, week to week, day to day. Uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I really had to... Um, isolate a little bit because I didn't have a whole lot. I think I was in, what did I use? I think I had an empathy hangover. (laughs) I think this was two (laughs) weeks ago and I was exhausted and I just, I didn't have a lot. I was, nothing was wrong. I was fine. Mm -hmm. Me, myself, I didn't have anything to complain about or anything like that, but I just felt really heavy. And so I didn't, Mm -hmm. I knew that going out with friends wasn't going to be helpful. So I really just had to make the decision, which is hard because I also, you know, suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. And so I really don't like seeing <laughs> those things, but I had to really make that decision for myself. And now I, I think for the last couple of weeks, I've just needed to give myself the space to regain that energy uh, because there's been a lot going on and a lot of conversations and a lot of change, and so really just coming home and watching some horrible Netflix show, and I just should be taking a break. It's we all need a summer right now, but we can't have one. And then and once- giving
0: yourself permission to have an empathy hangover, I I love that. <laughs> I mean, that really does kind of sum it up. I I know a lot of our counselors and educators here are, are they're pulling on. I don't know, brain cells they didn't know they had. They're they're jumping through hoops trying to be so creative and be thoughtful of every way they can possibly think to support students during this time and families and teachers. And it's just such a draw. It's like every day is crisis response for them. And right. I know that when we teach crisis response, we do tell counselors, if you've been on a couple of you know, you need to pull back and let some other counselors do the next one while you recover. But I'm not sure how much recovery time there's been for anyone so far. And I, I get concerned about our counselors who, who give so much.
1: Yeah. And I thought about, I, I didn't end up doing this, but I thought about there's a lot of great online counseling um, opportunities for expats. And I've suggested it to a lot of staff members before. And I thought about using it myself. I didn't end up having to need it at this point in time, but I still know that it's an option if I do need it. Because- mm-hmm there were some days where I just wanted someone who knew the right questions to ask, to ask me those questions. And most people don't know how to do that. You know, As counselors, we know how to target and get to the real meat of the situation. And others just simply don't know how to do that. And it's not wrong. It's just, I needed that at the time and I wasn't getting it.
0: Well, and I remember as a school counselor many years ago, what it felt like when there were so many crises on campus or we had a student pass away or we had, you know, a, we had a lockdown and there were just so many crises after crisis after crisis and realizing that it's not okay for the counselor to walk into the teacher's lounge and fall apart. Like people look to you like you're the one holding us up, you know, and yeah. the feeling you have as a counselor is that you got to hold it together for other folks sometimes, but being able to let that down with people who understand is so necessary to have your tribe, so to speak, Uh, Of people who understand what you go through every day.
1: Yeah. So I I definitely suggest that. And I'm sure all these online options are very busy right now. (laughs) But having your own person to talk to, your own counselor, um, even if it's online and you can't go see them in person because of social distancing and quarantine, it's really helpful.
0: I hope our listeners will will pay attention to that and to check their own barometer on that. Rachel, do you have any final thoughts or recommendations for us? Yeah, I think
1: just and I, I know I, I hate that I was right per se last time. Um, huh. And now you guys are in it, and you're experiencing it, and you're I don't know, a month into it. Um, and you have more to go. So just take it day by day if you're doing the right things and you're not going out and you're not putting others at risk or yourself at risk, there is end to this. There is an end to this. Um, but until then, just keep balancing as best as you can and, um, know that no one is perfect at this. Everyone is new at this and we're all just getting through it together.
0: Rachel, you are a blessing. Thank you for, just being the selfless human being that you are and for sharing with us the things that we need to hear that you see in our future. I'm very grateful.
1: Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Rachel continues her work at the Hangzhou International School in Zhejiang, China we would like to again express our gratitude for listening to our show today. And if you enjoyed it, please do us a favor to like, subscribe, and most of all, share this podcast with your friends and colleagues on all social networks and groups. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back to see us soon with the next episode of The Pod from Hatching Results.